What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 234 of the Justin Insight podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and their journey through it. As always, my name is Tim Birkbeck, and I'm your host and guide through said podcast. And apologies, had a little bit of a longer break than I'd initially planned. Um, a combination of guests falling through, me having a bit more time off than I planned, and a busy schedule. So apologies, but we're back and raring to go as always. Um, been a pretty, I'd say, been a pretty busy couple of weeks. Uh, I went up to London a couple of weeks ago to the last Untold Untold Suffering show. R.I.P. to that band. They were fucking sick. Uh, vegan, straight-edge band from London. Um, if you're not familiar with them, go check them out. Obviously, they're not a band anymore, so check out their new product pod, uh, projects. Sorry. Uh, Recoil uh, and Apothecary, which is basically just like the members of the bands doing new bands as well. Um, but yeah, that was a really sick time. Saw some some good friends. Um, and then... I've just been pootling about, really. So, yeah, work like work stuff and just generally catching up and recharging the batteries, really. Um, so I'm going to stop waffling and I'm going to get onto this week's guest. Um, I am going to prerequisite this with a bit of a caveat, as I seem to be doing on all the episodes at the moment, because technology seems to fucking hate me. Um, my Zoom was just kept cutting out and had to restart it a couple of times. I've tried to edit it as best as I can, but... I'm not the greatest editor in the world, so apologies if it's not of the highest quality, but I thought this chat was really worthwhile, so I still wanted to get it out. Um, this week I am joined by vocalist of Hurt Walk, Paul Collier. Uh, Paul, someone that like I've been like acquaintances with for, for a little while, like we've kind of always been around the same scene and things, uh, but it's only since kind of like Hurt Walk that I've got to know him a lot better. Um, so it was really cool to sit down and have a chat with him about like bats about bats, uh, being a strike back, and all the stuff he's kind of done in between as well. So this was a really cool one, and it, it was nice to kind of just give Paul the 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 floor and hear him talk about everything really. So yeah, please sit back, enjoy the chat I have with Paul, and I'll see you on the other side. Hello, mate. How's it going? Uh, not too bad. I am good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry for the little bit of the delay. I've literally my laptop's just been like the curse of me today. It's just like I want to fucking throw it out the window. So <laughs> yeah, it's just not doing anything I want it to do. But thank you for hanging on. But yeah, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Um, I'm pretty tired. I've just I finished work like not long ago um i'm still tired i came back from munich on sunday so like um i literally got into i flew from munich to gatwick gatwick i got them from gatwick i got the megabus back to uh cardiff where, where i am yeah and then um didn't get didn't get home till like five and then then oh, and, and, then, and then tried to go to sleep and then wake up at night woke up at nine for no reason <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so, so, so like I had like that, like basically all Sunday and then to recover, and then I had work today, and now I'm just tired. But I'm off tomorrow, so I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm buzzing. So, what were you doing in Munich? Uh, just like sightseeing, really. Like I've always just wanted to go there, 
So like, um, nice. It's um, it was really cool. I, I went to like mostly, well, I went to two football stadiums, which was awesome. And then like I was, um, I saw like the Derby City show as well there. So like it was nice. It was, like Frozen Soul, just absolutely fucking unreal. Like I can't yeah, believe yeah. how good that's going to be. That's, I know, honestly, like <laughs> they they put out like one of the best fucking like death metal records in fucking ages, like Frozen Soul, and like the new stuff just like that they've released so far sounds fucking incredible. So yeah, 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 like very much looking forward to seeing the rest of that. Just like that, that new song they put out as well, that live was like so good, <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it's just like how the fuck are you this good when you like not even around. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like ridiculous. They shout out like Riley Gale as well, which I thought was fucking cool. Sick. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, it was cool. Um, That's I, cool. Yeah. It has a good time. Like, I've, I I got far too drunk like half the time. But, like, <laughs> I just, like, there was a point where like fucking like random, I, I like, basically I was just, I was trying to find like a bar for the show for like one drink and, and then to go back to my hotel. And that one drink ended up just because everything like kind of like shuts at eight as well in um like shops and stuff but bars are yeah. open until like kind of like midnight ish and this is like a Wednesday night so like kept going from places to all the places i've tried was closed i had to basically go to like uh this there's basically what is a leicester square which is a place called um marine platz so they have like their town hall and stuff where it's there yeah um, yeah I tried to go to like this Irish bar that um was was there and it was um just like they they would shut and then told me to go to this other Irish pub and then on the way like some people like scooped me up and took me with them <laughs> to kind of like <laughs> like like one of them happened to be from like Newcastle for some reason or just living there and then like with some other People from like not from like Sweden and like one other like German guy was, was there too. We were chatting too for a bit. It was just random. And then like yeah, the, yeah. There was another night where like I ended up going to like a like a metal bar by myself, and it was that was pretty cool. But like it's, but I just ended up just getting drunk, <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> well, it's that, it sounds like you had a good time. That's all that matters. So. Uh, I don't know. Like, but um, obviously, like, I wanted to get you on to talk about like power walk and stuff. But obviously, we'll get into all that in, in a little bit. But we'll start at the beginning, how I always start. Because. So, how, what was your kind of into like alternative music? Like, what? How did you kind of get into it in the first place? Um, it's kind of weird, actually. Like, and I've been. It's kind of one of those things where like, there's never really like a a point but like um i i think basically like me into like kind of punk stuff is more like um to do with like me finding like a sex pistols uh dvd that my dad had which was like the film from the fury uh dvd which is basically just like a bar pick about well kind of like documentary about that band and then um I kind of found, and then half of it was like me going to like places like HMV and finding stuff. So like I found like 
um, Metallica's Cutting Stunts DVD, like live DVD by, by myself, which is awesome. And yeah. I think at that point, I'd, I remember finding it and um, they, um, obviously it was kind of around the time where they put out, I think it was a Garage Days thing where they were just doing like covers. And they, and they opened with um, like an mm. lead song, which was kind of cool, even though I didn't, I don't like that band for reasons that are pretty obvious that people don't really know. <laughs> uh, and then they did like, <laughs> yeah. towards the end of the DVD, they, they um, like played Last Caress by the Misfits. And I was just like, fuck yes. And <laughs> uh, uh, like, yeah, yeah, it was a mishmash of stuff, really. Like, some of it's from like my, my friend, um, one of my oldest friends, James. Um, He's a twin, and they played in uh, my first band, my first proper band called Bats by Bats. Um, they, they basically, mm. I, my, me and my parents, um, kind of lived around the corner from, from both Tom, who's his twin, and his parents. And they all um, moved from Hertfordshire, where where the, my parents were working, down to down to Bristol. Um, and basically, they showed me Alexis on Fire as well. So, like that, um, they, they showed me um, right. Hate uh, and Mama from there. Watch out, album. and that, that which scared me at the time because I was just like, "What the fuck is this?" Because it's shattered. And then, like <laughs> from there, it's, it was kind of like a stuff between like us three as well. Just kind of just they kind of do it because like they're. They just were ahead of me in terms of like finding finding new music and stuff. Like nearly every day, I'd go around my house and they'd like find something else for me to listen to and stuff like that. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, and, like, yeah. Um, so it's like a, it's a mismatch of like a lot of different stuff. I can't, I can never really say like when it kind of clicked and stuff. Um, in terms of like alternative music, but like. I, yeah. I, it was one of those things where, like, I never really like fit into any kind of scene. I kind of hopped about scenes for a little bit. So, like, uh, like during college, I was like, yeah, yeah, going to like indie shows. And while I'm friends with all with some people I went to, and the people that went to my college and stuff are into that. Like, I never really fit in with them. And then, like, metal people, I've kind of round in circles with a little bit as well and never really fit in there and it was kind of just it was kind of just more like yeah yeah the punk side of things that kind of like appealed to me and then somehow i ended up being a part of like the hardcore scene and stuff actually i think and i remember actually because it was like it was because bristol at the time had like more of like a well, it, it was like the metalcore scene, but it was a lot of like people just about wanting just to be like um, a day to remember and like parkour drive and stuff. It, like people who influenced, be influenced by those kind of bands. And right. Stuff. Okay. And um, I kind of just ended up just going and kept going to these gigs because I thought at the time like me and more friends got to like parkour drive and stuff like that. So it was kind of cool. But like those bands were so yeah 
So was it kind of like, was it kind of like you were saying, like, because obviously you, like you said, your dad had that DVD and then you kind of went into HMV with finding stuff. But then, as you say, like the the twins were so, showing you stuff as well. So was it a combination of like you actively seeking bands and people like also showing you stuff and then like that kind of like piquing your interest and then you kind of going off and finding stuff? Yeah, I, I, I guess so. Like, like Kerrang! Magazine also had like a big influence as well. Like, um, I think because like they obviously did like album reviews and stuff like that. It's how I found that. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, Gallows, which was which was another kind of big turning point. Like they um, got. I remember like seeing like their in their like introducing section that Kerrang! always had. They'd had just be like whatever bands are hadn't hadn't there. And then, like, mm. Gallows kind of popped up one day. And it wasn't just, like, kind of, like, cookie cutter, kind of, like, metal yeah. stuff. Or, but they, it, they kind of just stood out because, like, I think because of the time, because of, like, the, because of, um, say, like, me discovering, like, the Sex Festivals and Clash and stuff, and, stuff and like, just the, the, those, like, classic, like, British, at least, punk bands. I think it, it took me a while before I've heard like the, say like stuff like the Ramones and stuff stuff like that. And on the tagline on the um on the Kerrang thing on the guys, it was like the I think it was like before I remember it was like the best British band since the clash was was the tagline um, mm. under it. And that really, Yeah, and yeah, that, yeah, and, I remember that. And I and that really like um kind of caught my caught my interest. And I was like, well, and like I think Frank Carr being pretty heavily tattooed and ginger kind of like it made me think oh and they're like they, they just kind of looked like a lot different and like kind of kind of just real like as opposed to like everything else who just kind of like trying to draft an image from whatever like kind of photo shoot they were taking and, and like it was kind of like yeah yeah um it, it made me want to go again to like h&b by like orchestra rules, listen to it. Although I think I think I first listened to them where I, where I saw the um, um, just I think the title of it I think was like just because you sleep next to me doesn't mean you're safe. Video I think I saw first. Yeah, yeah. Which I didn't I didn't like the song because it was scary. <laughs> and then like or just or just like it was just kind of just a bit like inaudible, so I couldn't really like get on board with it. And then I heard it. In, in the bow of a shark next and I was like, okay, this is this is actually what's up. This is really good. Yeah. And I just yeah. showed like basically my like Tom James, my closest friend Owen as well, who played in Bachelor Bats too. Um Casey as well who used to play that as well. Because we were all we all were kind of from the same era in like Bristol. We yeah. grew up in a place called um Franklin Cottrell who which is like just on the outskirts of um of Bristol. So like um about like a twenty minute drive outside. So um, yeah, and all my friends kind of were quite tiny, so they kind of got into it as well. And it's kind of one of those things where, like, um, yeah, I, I guess like, kind of back to your question, it's, it's definitely more of a mixture of like, um, just trying to like, uh, I don't know. I, I think it was a mixture of everything, really. I think it was a mixture of just mm. finding it for myself. Being influenced by other people and um, yeah, just um, kind of like it's, it's kind of one of those things you try and like figure out like your place in the world and 
love in a lot of ways as when you're younger you kind of, kind of growing up and i think like that's kind of what i did with music a little bit as well yeah yeah and because as you said like with your like you had like your close like knit group of friends and things like that and obviously you mentioned like the sort of like the parkway drives and things like that but like growing up in in bristol obviously i'm like in the grand scheme of things i'm pretty new to the city yeah. like, i've been coming back and forth for like several years and stuff but there's always been like a pretty decent music scene here so like growing up and stuff were you like were you going to shows like quite early on or did that kind of come like when you hit sort of like teenage years and things like that um it kind of came a little bit later so i guess like um my earliest parts of it I think my earliest memory of going into Bristol to watch like maybe a gig with my friends and stuff was maybe like around like 16. Um, Cause I'd always gone to gigs with like, I think with my parents or my brother as well. Um, I, I remember going, but we obviously like accompanied. And then like, yeah, it's kind of when you hit 16, 17, you're allowed to like do stuff. That's kind of why I remember doing, I think like a lot of, a lot of it was like, going with my friends underage to like kind of like um find places to drink in town and stuff i guess and so um i remember like when i think my friend matt and my friend harris were or m maybe rich and ben as well actually there's a there's like four four guys who are like the oldest of my kind of group of friends and that um yeah um in that friend group where i grew up so like they ended up going to one of the New Year's nights that that the that a venue in the Croft um used to have, which is now the Crofters Rights in Bristol for anyone listening. Yeah. Um they um they used to have bands say such as um Turbo who are quite popular like Bristol bands, uh like they toured with which are me and my friends from where I grew up really looked up to as well because they kind of um their music, I think, was like really quirky and uh, a lot different to stuff that we would listen to at, at the time. And then, mm. like, bands like Pull Baba Horses uh, play with them as well. Um, they just like kind of like a lot of like local, localish bands, even though like Pull Baba Horses aren't local, but like it was kind of that thing of like, um, we used, we used to go to the start off, I think, of us going to that, and then it kind of progressed to, to um, me kind of uh well at, at the time as well i i did like a acoustic project under a really bad name which i'm not going to repeat but like, <laughs> uh it, it's, it's bad it was like something like kid disaster or something probably said that but <laughs> it, uh, and, and like but i but also kind of like the first person i like me and my friends to like go into town and play music so like from quite like early on I was kind of like just trying to escape the village I guess a lot of it, yeah know, yeah always so and like all the other guy, guys I was hanging out with they were quite happy like just sitting in fields and stuff so like it yeah was, um, yeah a lot of it was um I don't know me be trying to like just trying to immerse myself in like kind of going to gigs in the city and stuff like that so um yeah i guess i guess that's 
Yeah. Well, I think that brings me nicely on to kind of like how you kind of like got started, so like, like playing music and stuff. Because obviously, like I, I was trying to think before, like I recorded like when we actually first met. But obviously, like I know you best now, like as like in in Perp Walk and things. Yeah. Um, doing vocals, but obviously you've played like other instruments in in like Strike Back and things like that. So, like, what was when you were started getting into music, like? Was vocals always the thing, or did you start with something else? Um, so me getting into music in, in general actually comes from like well, I was like quite young. So like I'm on the autistic spectrum, uh, which is kind of maybe why I talk quite fast and stuff. Which I apologize, uh, but <laughs> but like um, I had like music therapy when I was younger. So like uh, right, and, okay. I, and there's a centre in Bristol in uh, Bedminster called uh, Music Space. Uh, at the time, I was like one of the first children to go there and um, to uh, be kind of uh, immersed really in, in music. So it's kind of where like my kind yeah. of interest in music kind of just first kind of came from. Um, and then, and then also like I've always kind of just been around music anyway. Like my mum was a, um, as much as she kind of, she kind of or want to admit like she played in like. Church, she sang like church choirs and stuff and she's mm. like done like other kind of instruments and stuff like that and then like um i come from like um i wouldn't say like a heavily devoted catholic family but like i i kind of grew up catholic so like i've always yeah. kind of been around like kind of church music and stuff and stuff like that but um kind of the first kind of and us then you kind of do the, the whole thing of like you try and learn recorder in school and violin at school and I kind of did those things. Yeah, yeah. But um, but I guess the first thing I kind of tried to pick up by myself and I kind of listened to like Red Hot Chili Peppers and bands like that for the first time was like drums. I like I really yeah. really wanted to learn drums and then because I also have dyspraxia, it's kind of one of those things where like um, hand eye coordination stuff is a little bit tricky for me. So like yeah yeah it was it was. It's so funny. So like, I tried to like learn drums for for a year, and I quit. I tried to learn guitar for a year, like, <laughs> and then I, I, I had a, I had a bass as well, and I don't even know why I bought it, but I never really played it that much at the, at that time. And then I kind of went to like vocals and and singing as like a last resort. So like, um, and then kind of came back to everything else and kind of liked it. Self taught myself everything. Yeah. So here's how I kind of got on to um like when i was 16 so i i listened to um so again like alexis on fire i, I listened to quite early on and then discovered that dallas green had done his city in color side project and then i was just like yeah i, I really want to be really want to my be like dallas green like all the time <laughs> and, yeah. and, and then like um kind of learned it well i, I kind of like wrote my own songs and uh recorded an ep of which is probably still on myspace if people still have myspace but <laughs> i have like physical copies in my flat now so but yeah, that, yeah. Maybe lower here and my friends still ripping to me for, for it to this day <laughs> uh which kind of led to um and like my my, my friends in my village were still doing bands and stuff um at that at that point um 
but I also I, and it was one of those things where at, at, at this point I was just I just really want to be in another in a battle with my friends and they just wouldn't let me join that battle. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck you guys!" And, uh, <laughs> and other than like we we had like a thing at our school as well called uh, Bands Night where um, we play in cover bands, and so oh. I did that when I was fourteen too. And then I, I think out out of that came I started playing with Tom and James, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, my friend Owen, who I mentioned earlier, my friend Casey, who um, uh, and we kind of formed Bats by Bats at this point from just me being basically Tom James's house one day. They were trying to write some something with me, but they didn't really know what it was going to be or anything like that. And then, and like, yeah, because of my gallows influence, I just started like shouting over what they kind of wrote, and and they were just like, okay, I guess we're doing this now. So yeah, yeah. It, it was just like and then like we wrote three songs. I ended up I ended up booking us our first show within like the week of of us forming for which they got really, <laughs> really angry at me about. <laughs> and then <laughs> but then it, it it kind of ended up us doing um quite a lot like well in the first year it was just like Bristol and then it kind of became like um, Bristol and Somerset, or wherever I, where and where I could book us, and then um, it got to a point where it kind of because I was doing that and also doing like other bands as well, but um, it, it it got to a point where it kind of just stopped. Like um, kind of Owen just didn't want to do play live anymore, and um, he's, yeah. he works for, like the government now in some capacity, so it's like. Yeah, he doesn't really have the time, and he's quite invested in what he, he does, which um, which I have full respect for. So it's kind of just one of those. And also, Casey became a dad, and uh, he it, he's fully focused. He's got like three kids now, so like he's struggling a little bit. To he, he's really passionate about the band still and stuff, which is really great. But like he just doesn't have the time. But then, like I kind of yeah. went from that band to um playing a band called Fairview, which um was like a kind of like a balance and composure sea haven type type of band. Yeah. And that was kind of like my first experience of playing like pretty much all of the UK at, at that point. We pretty much toured, yeah. we pretty much toured everywhere. Um and it kind of I did that kind of through like uni and stuff. Like I, I had like quite a lot of, mm. quite a lot of time to um to do that when um, I was um, studying and stuff and kind of a little bit in college as well but um, I kind of got uh, kicked out of that because the uh, singer at the time uh, didn't like that. well I, I think it was like the band at the time they kind of got frustrated about the fact that, that I couldn't practice on when they when they could because I right yeah, yeah, finished yeah. finish uni go straight into like a, a um like a full-time job so it's like so like my schedule changed and i couldn't meet theirs so they just ended up kicking me out which kind of sucked but then they yeah then they broke up like not long after so i don't feel all that bad um <laughs> I, I, I was, i'm still friends with uh cam the guitarist as well so shout, shout out to cam and yeah and also to josh if he's listening but um at the same time i was doing that i also joined strike back um who um 
my friend, but basically like um, Casey, um, who was a guitarist in that band, basically hit me up being like, do you, do you know anyone who can uh, play bass? And I was like, well, I can yeah. kind of play bass. Because by the fact <laughs> I had that bass that I'd never played. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was like, yeah, but I've been doing bass and therapy anyway at that point. Anyway, so it was like, well, I can probably do that. So like, I go to practice in Stroud. I I didn't even realize that um, my friend Matt Housen, who's the basically Casey and Matt now play in a, a band called Overpower, who are who are really good. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, like they do that with um, my friend Seb as well, who um, used to play in Back Down. Um, who are another great Bristol hardcore band that has that has split up. Um. But like basically, they, I got to practice, realized Matt was in it, and then I was, and then I was like, at that point, yeah. And then anyway, in the back of my mind, and then kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. And they were like, they kind of, I'm kind of glad because they kind of like accepted me in when they had like no reason to. So like, I don't think yeah, that yeah. good, of, good technically at base. So <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. um, and then I was like kind of like time kind of went on and the more we like kind of put out music and stuff that was kind of like the thing of where um like i kind of realized i was actually not as bad as i thought it was really uh, yeah yeah um just to sorry just to kind of like wheel back a little bit (laughs) No, no 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 you're all good you're all good so just in terms of like you kind of like as you say like you were doing that kind of like the acoustic stuff inspired by Dallas Green and stuff. So, But then obviously kind of rolled into Bats About Bats. And was that because, like, because that was obviously like a more aggressive sort of tone of that, was it because you were listening to, like, as you say, like, Gallows was a big influence on that. So was that kind of like the transition of, like, going into the more, like, punky, hardcore side of things because your musical chase had changed to that sort of, side of things as well yeah i guess I, I guess in a way yeah um i think yeah i, th- I think finding guys is a big turning point in that in that sense because um, yeah like at the time like um yeah i think i just had like quite a lot of r- frustration of uh, a lot of like family stuff going on. So like at um at like thirteen my mum had divorced like separated from my dad. So like it was one of those things where I'd had that kind of like resentment thing going on. Um and like at the at the time it was kind of like you kind of like um become a little bit but actually no because they got separated at 13 but then my they divorced it when i was 16 so like it, right. it would have been around that kind of time and it was like quite a lot of anger and stuff uh but like it's all, it, it was always like internalized anger and it's not something that i really um have any other outlet for other than music like it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, as a person, it's just not the kind of guy I am. Either like, I, I don't know whether that's because like my mum and my dad were kind of um, 
they never really showed anger around me or me or my younger brother. Uh, or they just kind yeah. of had that in, in between themselves. Or if it, it was something else, but it's just not that kind of person. So music, in that sense, I think, at least at that time, was like a bit of a catalyst for me to like express that that way. And I think it, it could have been the case of when, like, when that started rising, it was like the, um, the thing that kind of drove that, that I didn't, that maybe I didn't really know that was there. But Gallic, but again, listening to like stuff like Gallows, Lips on Fire, and Parker Drive kind of stuff. Because like all my friends are listening to that at the time, or at least a good majority of them. Um, well, the ones that weren't listening to like Hot Punk and stuff like that. Like, uh, like, like, um, yeah, yeah. It was always like, um, it was just like quite a big influence. Um, same with like bands like Trash Talk and stuff like that. Like, we listened to Trash Talk like pretty a lot, like quite in that time period as well. Um, but somehow like oh I managed to find out about and then we were just like this is just insane. And then me and me, me and Owen went to go yeah. see him in like Newport at TJ's when TJ was still open and it was just like one of the craziest fucking shows ever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah. Um I guess that's kind of like a rough encapsulation, I guess, of how everything that <laughs> Yeah. Um just to go with my fucking worries and my fucking laptop, this is probably going to kick us out <laughs> in like five minutes. So if if no it problem. does, just log back in no and problem. we'll carry it on. I I have no idea what the fuck's going oh, on with no, thing yeah. today, but hey ho. Um, but I wanted to talk, talk about bats about bats because obviously I think like I was trying to say I can't remember if we met at that point, but I remember seeing yeah. the name like, around a lot, and I remember like yeah, no, I I think I I think I. I... So now I had a deal yeah, on like, I, I, Facebook just purely because I, I knew at the time you were doing shows in Portsmouth. So I think like... I Yeah, yeah. And I think that was the thing. I think like we tried to get you on a show at some point and it just fuck, didn't work like, out and, actually, and things like that. And, like, <laughs> I could, yeah. I, could, I vaguely remember us exchanging emails at some point. But like obviously for like a first band, like as you said, like you kind of like booked that first show like pretty yeah. early on. But you were like super active and super busy. So was that? I don't know. Was that just kind of like your excitement for doing a band that you were like, I just want to go and see what I can do with this. Like a a lot of it was. um, So at the time when we started, we were seventeen. So like, um, and then some of it was like me just trying to find people that would let us play. Like Like I first like. First ever show was like with like a fucking like acoustic band that was basically the like like the Louisiana <laughs> right. like um which is a for people listening like it's a venue in like the center of Bristol kind of close to the harbour side in Bristol but like it um they used to like kind of just put just random bills together of bands that are kind of like emailed in at one to play like local bands so so we got like it was basically mm. just us opening and then like this acoustic band headlining and it was just super super weird and i don't think we, we, I, I don't think the acoustic <laughs> band really yeah. knew what, what was doing. 
but like um from that show it was kind of cool actually because like there was a guy um that was playing i can't remember if he was playing drums or bass at the time but it was a, it was a guy called wes who's unfortunately passed who unfortunately now is, um he passed away quite a while ago he um died in like a uh, Mozart accident, I think it was, and it was, that's what, which was really, really sad. Mm. But um, he uh, was basically, well, you know, like I've got this other band called, uh, it was a band called TLI, who are a band from Cheltenham, they're like a punk band. They're kind of like an Alpine trio kind of type influence, at least type band. Um, yeah. So we should play some shows sometime. They were like, yeah, cool. Um, we ended up doing then a show, I think, at the Fleece with them. Which was equally as bad because, like, I think this is a, this is our like second show. The fleet, which is also for nobody that's been to the fleas, it's like a four hundred and fifty cap room, which at the time was doing <laughs> yeah. just cover bands. So like it was just, but at the, at the same time they were doing like again the same case, kind of the same thing as what Louisiana's doing. So like kind of like the um, the whole putting bills together and hoping it worked. So it was just basically us and that band. It was and literally two of our friends came. And then it was like they the other band's like girlfriends. And then there was like two photographers which I'd paid to be there. Cause at the time I thought oh, I was no. probably <laughs> like, yeah, I'm first my fucking band. <laughs> it's the worst fucking thing ever. <laughs> like I'm still friends with like the two photographers as well to this day. We were like two girls my name was Lily and yeah, yeah. Uh, Alex. <laughs> I don't know why they agreed to even fucking come. Um the fact that I was like um, <laughs> but uh and I can't even think of like a third like basically that's what that's basically like kind of the band that where I know now the shows of where like if it's even close to being a red flag, I'll I'll be like no no chance. Like it's just like the bat, but it's the yeah, thing of like yeah. playing music so young that it's just like so bad. So so like this is like probably the next two kind of are like kind of within a year of me being us being a band. I, like and I tell this to everybody because it's probably like one of the worst shows I've ever played. Like we played in Taunton. Of all places in Somerset, upstairs of a pub, and we've headlined it. Did you get there? It's just cover bands playing, <laughs> like just cringe, cringe oh, songs like no. the and stuff like that. So, not even like actual, like real band covers. Like, it's, it's more, I, I think of me and the more of a show tune. I don't know, I don't know what you think, but it's kind of like a show tune. Yeah, I only yeah, know yeah. it from like kind of like Roger Rabbit, and that's pretty much all I know it from. But, like, yeah, um, yeah. So basically, we got to play. We had we we played and finished. And there's literally just nothing. There's like no nobody clapped anything. Oh, and so we're just like, yeah, cool, and just packed up our stuff and left. <laughs> <laughs> like people were watching. Just there wasn't like we were playing to like just like nobody because we've done uh, as I pretty much we've done those kind of shows. But it's just like it's just like suck. Like it's like like but really just like. Nothing, no, really, me like just a tiniest little bit yeah, of like yeah, the creation, yeah. the fact we come to your shit, <laughs> like you know, what I mean? but yeah, uh, but uh, it's fucking like 
it's just funny. It's just like one of this, this is one of the things like where um just everything I now know not to do is basically just because of that's well that's in terms of like geography. But Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like what I was gonna say, like even though like as you say, like you had those like shit experiences and stuff, like did that kind of give you like the for well not the foresight, but like the the understanding and stuff of like what not to do in the future kind of thing? Yeah. Oh, um yeah. So I guess I was saying that I had like um a fair bit of health as well in terms of that. Because um at a time like being seventeen I didn't really know anything about like putting on gigs or anything like that. So a lot of the shows we played at least the ones where we like had like more of the people that we knew come to watch us play. Um we had like there was a guy called like Dean who used to be like one of the in house promoters of the prof. So we think at the time it was just mostly putting on like acoustic gigs or something like along those lines. Somehow like I was kind of booking gigs through him for us with him being like kind of like the intermediary between like the venue and and us so like it was, it was kind of a little bit yeah, it, was, yeah. It, was a, it was kind of a little bit strange but like um but it's basically it was like kind of at the same time from doing those kind of stuff that got me into putting on, on gigs as as well so for it kind of became a thing for where I got old enough to do it that um like the Oh of the Croft Matt um Otridge came to me and kind of essentially took me on under his wind in order to for me to like learn promoting and stuff like that. And I kind yeah, of like yeah. booked a lot of shows with Bats on Bats in mind in order to um just to get us to play more gigs and stuff. Which kind of led to me as I got older putting on gigs and stuff in um in uh, in Bristol as well when I when I like later on, but um, mm. it, it's kind of like um, stuff like that, and just trying to like I, it's one of those things as well which I kind of like take with me a lot because it's like you kind of like learn it's kind of learning to cut your teeth in the place where you are first before you kind of just try to like move, move it to like more of playing like more naturally which is yeah and, yeah. and like basketball that's is a very good band to be able to do that because they kind of got the pitfalls of um playing in like the less desirable places to play that's kind of put it that way like quite early on <laughs> so like al- yeah. although we although it, it and it and also in Bristol we were lucky as well like, I'm still really like um humbled to say I, I can I can look back and I'm just in, um just blown away by the amount of really cool bands that we play with like um just as 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 a local band maybe but still I got to play with like fucking bands like like I, I remember that I was so excited because there's a point in in time where like um I had got into hardcore when I was well I like to say I got into hardcore because the first band that I guess would be considered hardcore or melodic hardcore maybe would be Dead Swans. And so like yeah. like Dead Swans at the time helped me through like a really like difficult breakup with my first ever girlfriend at the time. Um, yeah. 
uh, and um, Sleepwalker, like that, that Sleepwalker's album is just like timeless. And we've got managed to get to play on a tour with, um, not a tour, but on the Bristol show of a tour of it was Des One's Mother of Mercy and Brutality Prevail. Brutality Prevail, yeah, like, had, like having not long uh, released Root or Evil. So like, and that 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 for me was like insane. We got to, we got to like play with throats who are like collectively as a, as a, as a band we idolized throats even when they were yeah at, at that age and at that time like um and got to to get even to open to them to the twenty people that that came was insane and like the carrier we played with like ceremony we've, yeah. we've played with. Ceremony being the, one of the coolest fucking bands I think I've ever played with as well, which is why they're still a really big influence on me today. So, like, um, just thinking about, like, and Trash Talk as well, we opened for Trash Talk too. So, like, to, be, to look back and, like, think of, like, what bands we supported that all had the opportunity of supporting, it's just nuts for a band that we decided when we were 17 and kind of Pretty much for like from 17 up until I think we were about maybe 21, 22. I think we were when we stopped playing live. I think I think it was about 20. Yeah, yeah. Um, like it's just nuts. Like we, we did like an album after that when we stopped playing live. I think that came out like we put out in 2019, but other than that, like. There was a big gap because we were just writing all that music at that time, anyway. So, yeah, yeah, but yeah. So then, obviously, like as you say, like because obviously you had that kind of that opportunity to, like as you say, like cut your teeth and and have the, all these like really good opportunities to sort of like support these like bigger bands and things. Obviously, when Bats About Bats did come to to its con- kind of its conclusion, I know you kind of mentioned obviously you joined. Fairview and then obviously Stroke Back as well but like I don't know like when it kind of did sort of come to to an end did you kind of immediately want to jump into the next thing or did you kind of think like right that was a really cool time period of my life I need to like calm down and and sort of maybe reassess or did you just want to be like no 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 go 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 um I I guess um It's, it's kind of like a split thing for me because, like, um, for a start, I I, I always like to think that because it is with four of my best friends that, uh, or mm. my, and they still are four of my like closest friends still to still to this day, like um, from like childhood, like they like to do as much as we've done with them was like just nuts and I just wouldn't have it any other way and um, yeah but at the same time it was like one of those things where like having played with the bands that I played with I actually actually missed one out one was really cool so like we were like basically like Black Flag was a really big influence on us and we got to play with Off as well at at Beckler and and Keith Morris watched us from the balcony, which is just something that's just fucking. That's insane. really cool. Um, sorry, I've got to mention that. So I apologize. Um, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> cool. But um, 
but yeah, it, 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 it kind of just came down to like I I wanted to play live and I wanted to play more shows. So like, yeah, to be able to join Fairview, which was basically kind of one of those things where I joined it. It's kind of the same thing as Stra- I mentioned with Stratpak earlier, actually, being like somebody popping up to me and asking me, "Do you know Do you know somebody who can play bass or can sing?" Actually, I think it was yeah. sing originally and play bass. I was like, "Well, yeah, I can do both." <laughs> so, so, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, let's fucking go. Uh, um, and then perhaps a little, my guy got on with I got on with all the guys at the time and. Um, it kind of just and it's kind of the thing I guess me kind of having a thing for like knowing people who are doing shows like sometimes it kind of it it's kind of weird to kind of think if you can go from just another one band to another you can still get the same kind of opportunity so like our first show in that band was um opening for like with the tour was turnover which is i think there was it was one of their like first because i know they I, I can't remember if it was them or moose blood who we don't talk about anymore uh <laughs> yeah yeah played as well but um i can't remember if they headlined or turnover headlined but like i think it was turnover and i remember it because it was when magnolia was out they were touring at the time with some other band and I can't remember who it was but all I remember is like we went to go watch the show in Bristol three of us and then we played the next day in Cardiff at a venue called um, Undertone which isn't uh, which is which shut down and it's now like a fucking bar slash skate shop which sucks but um, yeah it, we so basically, uh, it's basically like an off day on the tour because I think the band they were touring with went over to do Ireland and they stayed in the UK and did that show. So, so it's kind of weird how like again it's the same kind of thing where like you have like these opportunities, but we're actually having it in like I'm actually having it now in like different cities, which I think is really which, which was cool. Yeah, yeah. Kind of helped by the fact that I knew the guy doing it. It was like a thing that he was doing that. Um doing like kind of you want to do like a club night but like related around like pop punk and music and stuff so like yeah um it kind of all kind of fell into place where it's like kind of one of the first ones he did as well as um like kind of working out well for us being that it was our first show but um yeah yeah kind of go from that and then like because we toured like pretty like because, again, we were, like, kind of students and stuff. So, like, we, we had, like, quite a lot of, like, time on our hands to be able to, like, be able to do it. Like, we, we just yeah played pretty much everywhere. I can't really think of a place where, like, we played that at that point. Like, I think we hadn't been to a lot of the places in the UK before. At least I, at least I certainly hadn't. Like, the, mm. the, I think the most, most furthest away place I'd I'd been a thing at that point was like maybe being um, going down to like Portsmouth to, to see my grand or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all, yeah, all, yeah. All the time. So like it was it's just nuts to be able to see like other places in, in the UK that I've never 
that I never would have gone to at that time. It wasn't that bad and to play there and have the shows. Now, some shows not so good, some shows good, but um, it was just like, I don't know, experiencing different places, I think, for the first, for the first time, which like yeah. north of north of the UK, at least. Like, it was really <laughs> yeah. Because obviously, like, when obviously like, bats about bats ended and you did you say you joined Fairview and then later on strike back, like because they you're joining the bands rather than it kind of being like bands that you've started and and like with friends and things like that. Did that kind of like change your approach in any way? Because I guess maybe in some aspects like the pressure's off a little bit that like you're not the one that's like booking the shows and doing so and so forth. Like you're just almost like a bit more of a cog of it sort of thing. So did that kind of like, did you find that easier or did you kind of like, I, I guess when you join the bands, then be like, take a more active role. I, I, I think, I think it kind of like, um, but at the same time, and like, I think the, uh, I don't really know why it was. Cause like, I, th I think it's dry back. It came like at some point, like a shared thing between me and Katie who are in it. But like with Fairview, right, it, was, yeah. it was definitely me trying to like organize the tours and stuff. Um, like I, I think at that, at that time as well, I'd I started working for a um, like a booking agency called um, KGM Bookings at the time. They were kind of like doing like yeah, kind of like smaller to mid scale like kind of hardcore punk and metal tours so like yeah. I kind of went from doing those stuff in my bands to, to now like and also like I was booking gigs at the time so a lot so a lot of it kind of at least with Fairview at least kind of came down to like organisation that I think that I like the organisation and skills that I think that I think I have in order to make to try and like I know, at least get like a run of shows together and stuff. Like, it, yeah, like, yeah. I, I would like to say that like, I booked like every show for us, but I definitely didn't. Uh, like, I remember like there was, <laughs> there, there was a few that, um, that I think like maybe Josh, I, who was just singing guitarist at the time, like had a hand in, like, I, at least from Bristol, because he was like part of like him, which is like a music college thing that's in Bristol. Yeah. Um, I know that like there was like a few shows that he booked as well. Like what one one of them being like this really cool like house show in like the front of Stagecraft, which I, I remember being just nuts. Like it was like people that used to like basically in in Bristol. There's like a bar called um, the Full Moon, which is at the very front of Stagecraft, as, as you kind of come in from. The M32 into like the bear pit, which is like the roundabout in the center, and then um, kind of like just up from like this bar, there was like this um, really, as many places are in Stokescraft, like brutally graffitied place. Um, and then it just yeah, ended up yeah. being like somebody's like house that people are in. And I just had like, <laughs> there's like, there's like a lot of house shows going on in the time for the people who are living in it. And like one of the weirdest ones, which I wasn't witness to, but like, um, like I think like somebody else, like 
told me about was like Don Broco did like a secret set there and like people from like Entertainment Club oh, okay. was there. And it was just super weird. Yeah, super yeah. weird to think about it. Though. Like they, they, that somehow they, they managed to pull that out of the bag. You know, just still find it just really strange to explain how they managed that. Yeah, yeah. But like, um, but yeah, I, I, I guess it's just one of those things where I, I, I've never really tried to. Like even the guys in that purple will tell you to this day. Like I, never really. Like I, I, I think that I try and like. Like Pert walks like pretty much the first time where I've just kind of like I've had to like relinquish control. I don't really know why. I think it's just <laughs> yeah. like I, I, I honestly think it's the thing of like I was relied on so much in Bats by Bats to do like everything. Because I was the only person that not that the other guys don't have like social skills, but the other guys weren't really comfortable like communicating with people that they didn't know, I guess. I don't I don't yeah, I don't yeah. I don't really know what the reasoning was ever behind that but i'm not going to question it because they're my best friends i love them to death but um yeah yeah but like um it was always like my responsibility to just do like well aside from like the design of our merch like pretty much like and driving us around to gigs and stuff pretty much like everything like is to like order in the shirts get printed even like to yeah gigs and stuff to like try and like use our social media to like try and promote us and stuff like that was pretty much like all new. yeah and that kind of like carried on basically from band to band to band maybe a little bit less so on where i hit strike back because casey had a lot of hands to hands and strike back as well being that it, it was his first other band and he pretty much ran that band in a really good yeah way. yeah um and maybe even Less, less so as well in Fairview because jo Josh, who's our guitarist, had it. That was his band, and so I was walking into other people's projects essentially. Whereas, like, yeah, but I still like. I think the area of like booking gigs and stuff is something that I felt that I could do and do well from having done it before. Not only for myself, but for for my friend, for me and my friends playing in it. So. It kind of like kind yeah, of progressed, yeah. I think, quite naturally into me being like, oh, like we want to play there. Oh, no, I might know somebody who might know somebody who can even do something. So, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it, 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 it's it's definitely like the who you know kind of stuff. But it, it it's never really. Oh yeah, most definitely. But, but it's never like. Um, sometimes it. Doesn't work out the way you want to like to sometimes, but it's it's when it's really yeah. And then before we kind of get into like where things are with Purple, because obviously, like you said, like with Fairview, for you personally anyway, like you were kind of going out and around the UK a, a, a bit more, and like see going to places and stuff that you hadn't been to. So like, because I could be completely wrong, but did Strike Back did stuff in Europe, didn't they? Yes. Uh, that that would be in. So was. Sorry. I was just gonna say. So was Strike Back your first time in Europe, or did you go to Europe with Fairview as well? Uh, no, uh, Strike Back was a was um, my first, all of our first times really going to Europe to play. So yeah. Um, like um, so with Strike Back, we actually like basically with Strike Back. If we did, if there wasn't anywhere that we didn't play in the UK, we. I think I could say we pretty much successfully did all that 
um, (laughs) and then um, at some point um, we decided to go to Europe and buy ourselves and um, it was probably one of the best decisions that they ever made because it's like it opened my it's basically opened my eyes to like another world of like yeah um, yeah but basically my influence of going to Europe has, has always been my friends that um they used to play in the, a band in Bristol called Back Down who are like a really they were a really successful um hardcore band from Bristol um who would basically just go to like they, they would play Europe more than they would the UK like all the time yeah yeah like they they played i think probably everywhere aside from eastern europe and up to i think maybe i think the first that they played was like kosovo which is like something that i've never heard of oh wow anyone anyone do it doing ever yeah that's nuts um so although they, they got in on their second attempt and it's a really funny story so so, so like <laughs> so they're guitarist at the time um were basically they're getting the passport checked and stuff on the border and they yeah, and the yeah. guitarist thought it would be a good idea to try and like take a selfie while there's like fucking police with like guns and stuff oh, like, for fuck's sake. and then they basically strip searched him and all the rest of the stuff and it was, and they just yeah yeah it. i think they had to, they probably they told me quite a lot that they have to like bribe people to get to get themselves out out of like situations so yeah, yeah. and stuff like it is. it's probably quite normal to do in in Europe when you're touring. Um so I yeah. I, I think they had to do that quite quite heavily to try and get themselves out of that. But like, in the second attempt yeah. they played and I saw the video footage of it, it looked really fucking cool. Um they were so they were telling me that there's like they were walking around and stuff and there was like landmines and stuff that like unexploded landmines from like where the war was going on in the in the country's history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and so basically that kind of like ignited it, it since basically being friends with that band and uh wanting to go do that, having never done that, I was like, Yeah, we need to we need to go. And like um Basically, mate, I'm, I'm lucky enough to say that we managed to play there like three times since we were a band. Like, mostly, yeah, um, mostly in France and Belgium, I think, from from what I could, and the Netherlands, I think, from what I can remember off the top of my head. Um, yeah, but like, I, yeah, it is. There's people over there which, which I'm forever grateful for uh, to be able to say I can do it and. With purple, that's probably one of my aims as well. It's like to to get yeah. that band over there because um, they it's one of those things. I always found, I always found it that um, they just treat you so much better than not not to show yeah one hundred percent yeah but like they because a lot of their stuff is like in Europe, some of it's state funded, some of them maybe not. Um, yeah, yeah. It's um, I don't know, just the, the way they. Just so humble, like just so hospitable. Like they, they, they want to like, I don't know, take. Like the end of the, like it's kind of one of those things where it, the routine of it kind of became you load in, you go, you, you sound check, you kind of watch the other bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, then the people, people want to like, take like, 
and a like a group photo with you at the end, and then you and then you go to your sleeping yeah, place yeah. and then go to the next place. And it's kind of like one of those things where like you got kind of go into like a routine habit of, of doing that, even if you're not like a big like because we we were we we're not we weren't a big band or anything. Like it, it was kind of it, so it was kind of yeah, really strange yeah. for us to like from our first show to when we played like the the last like small show we played in the school like that. So it was just like it was just a really weird experience and it was something that we were you just you just don't you're just not used to from from playing in the UK all the time. So um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I've got a lot of like good memories from from that from that time that I that I really want to replicate. But it's just one of those <laughs> it's just one of those things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But well, I guess I can like before we kind of move on to to Perp Walk and like where you guys are at with that. Like, I just wanted to talk about like your job a little bit because yeah, sure. obviously you said like with like Fairview and stuff like you kind of obviously went into like finished uni, went into full time employment and things. And I think like obviously you're like for people who don't know you work for the NHS, so obviously yeah. like you were part of like frontline work at, during COVID and everything like that. But like. Obviously, your job is pretty intense in any way, like take away like everything that happened with COVID. So like, how do you kind of like find time, like splitting work time with band time and, and things like that? Or do you kind of manage to switch off and completely separate the two? Um, I guess I, 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 like, I guess I always think about the band really. Like it's, it's one of those things where like... <laughs> um, I know. I, I guess I'm a little bit of a, or obsessive in that way in terms of like I I guess when like and not not that I want to bring it too COVID, but basically the there was a pretty deep period at the end of like two thousand nineteen where um so I, I lost um two close friends within the space space of two months. So like so one of my friends yeah. uh Tay, who's one of my, who was one of my school friends, passed away of cancer. Uh another my friend one of my friends, Josh Clapham, two months later, uh, unfortunately took his own life. And then so that end of 2019 period was bleak enough as it was. Cut to twenty twenty January of twenty twenty, straight back splits up. And and yeah. I'm quite Glad in some ways that our last show was Josh's memorial show, which I organised. Um, yeah. Um, or a memorial show for Josh, if you say, who's been at us since. Um, and then after that, in I think I can't remember what period it was in the January 2020, but straight back, split up. Then cut to March of 2020, and COVID happens. And, and yeah, then that yeah, entire yeah. point, I. In that entire time, I was just like, I just need to get back to the band, like, throughout. Yeah, from, yeah. And, like, although I couldn't really focus on on trying to start up, because obviously, like, nothing was happening. Like, everything was shut down. And obviously, I'm w- working as a cleaner at this, at this point in, in time. So I've gone from, like, being a cleaner at the start of 2020 to... Then in the second wave of COVID, I became, like, a healthcare sport worker. In, like endoscopy in a hospital for the Royal Gwent Hospital in Newport, and then um, I'm now a theatre assistant in the 
same hospital I was working in, so the University of Hospital of Wales and Cardiff. Um, I guess like my my full focus during that entire period um, was just to try was, I guess to try and not not so much document my experience or anything like that. I, it, it was never ever about that anyway. But um, like the that kind of experience of because um, there was a lot going on at, at that time as well. I think yeah, yeah. when I when I look back at it microchasm wise, I think I I wasn't I think if it wasn't for the fact I was living with my housemates and stuff, I I'm like I'm living by myself at the moment. Um I would have been like totally climbing the walls just not really know what, yeah, what yeah. to do with myself. Like um and having to experience um just I, I would say there was a lot of misery in, in the hospital from yeah. From um, the day I found out that COVID was hitting, which was maybe before the rest of the UK found out that it was hitting, uh, in a lot of ways, yeah. like me and my house house keeping team were briefed um, as to what was about to go down. Not the lockdown in a sense, but like um, just like that, this thing is like for real, and most um, yeah, patients yeah. feel it now, but we're expecting this to get worse and to basically just for the hospital basically just to be overwhelmed and stuff so like it was um and like before i went for the nhs i i basically when i was younger i never used to like hospitals anyway like it was one of those things where like i, yeah. I never used to visit family well, two of my family members when they were ill i didn't go visit them because i was kind of scared of like what came with that in terms of like the morbid aspect of it so, like, having to be around now the morbid aspect of it was quite, was scary a lot of, a lot of the time. And um, it kind of, those kind of experiences, like, kind of, and especially seeing, like, young children affected with it. Uh, I'm not a guy that is particularly, like, yeah. um, well-versed around kids to the, in, in the sense of... Um, like I've never really had like much interact. Well, I've I've never really had much um, like I don't have like friends with young children or or anything like that. I, I'm quite bad at like um, being like I don't know. I don't really know what the word is, but like kind of like used to being to entertain a child or in, in that kind of in a sense of like say like a having like niece or nephews and stuff I don't really kind of I have like second cousins and stuff with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh but like um it was but yeah, seeing like just I don't know, I like there, there's, there's kind of like one thing where it, where I went to go clean the kids' room like the children's hospital, which is kind of like a chosen to like where the um to where the actual hospital is and like Kid was like maybe suspected to have COVID. He was just like screaming his place down. And I was like, bro, if he if he has COVID, what the fuck? And like obviously nobody knew it was. Jesus. Like, were, like at one point, my hair was like shorter than this, like nearly like basically like completely bald because like uh, we were told. Yeah. One well, of well, my friends was working on the COVID at the time, his name's Colin, 
uh, funny enough, like an older hardcore guy, um, was basically just saying like, yeah, that like I, you basically essentially briefly being like, apparently it sticks to your like hair and stuff, like and it's just like well the particles a bit sticks to your hair, and it's like what the fuck? So I ended up like just shaving my head off and look hard, but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, just uh, there, there's there's a lot that. Not only I experience, but other people have, and that and their experiences are shared in kind of coming onto like the code or onto the perp walk stuff, which is kind of like what I kind of carried with me into the songs that I've written so far, at least at least in the EP that we've yet to put out. Because um, yeah, not that COVID has a big role to play in it. I kind of come at it, come at people from a lot of angles on what I'm talking about. But um, a lot of it is kind of just what I've, is what kind of like irked me at the time that I felt I need to get out there. Yeah, yeah. And I think, so I guess if we kind of move on to Purple then, so obviously like, I, as I say, I think... Yeah. Like we'd either kind of met at this point or we were just like internet friends or whatever. But obviously I knew I've known Dan for a couple of years. Yeah. But I didn't know the the I didn't know Jay, I didn't know Ian, I didn't know Tash either. Um sure. so like how did do you guys kind of like so come together to, to fair, meet and, and become the, the band and formed essentially form Purple? I had so meaning Dan, I think I met him at some point in like 2015 or something like that when you move from um red into um bristol and then he'd be my friend up to this point anyway um i'd already known he kind of had the songs anyway because like my friend ollie um basically was go with basically had like a band going anyway with ollie and some other people that i that I know who play they used to play in a whole band called Hold Tight at the time and then that and the same kind of guys now play in a band now called Vibration Boys who are a new Bristol band who I recommend you check out because they're really cool um, but, um, but yeah in terms of us forming and stuff like Dan message well basically I put out on Facebook being like because at this point like stuff was starting to open back up again I was like I want to just have something ready to go but like when like everything opens up and we can start playing gigs again which I think at that point because it was the start of 2021 and it was like in England it didn't happen but in Wales they had a fire break lockdown over Christmas which meant um, a lot of people couldn't experience Christmas the way they would they would want to um Either the families couldn't get together and stuff. And Wales, yeah, just generally, it's like a pretty big family orientated place. So, like, um, yeah, safe to say, a lot of people kicked off about that. But that that aside, um, basically, message being like, yeah, can is anyone want to start a band or whatever? And then Dan pop, and I think Dan popped up with these songs to me, being like. What do you think of them? And I was like, these are fucking sick. Like the like, I, I it, from my my approach of it was like they sounded a lot like 
uh, the Flex and Iron Curtain and bands that yeah, I yeah. really basically like the, the, the kind of like the punk hardcore bands that kind of got me into from being punk or basically listening to punk stuff into hardcore into punk hardcore stuff and then basically like at some point I kind of went into hardcore but basically this is the kind of band I'd, I just felt that I essentially wanted to make yeah. my entire time being revolt in hardcore as well as the heavier stuff but then somebody comes along and has, has the songs that like kind of that I'd be really interested in writing over. Yeah, so, yeah. like, basically, I think I wrote them all the lyrics because I believe also, because I think also at the time, I think I may have been off sick as well. So, like, I um, wrote them all within like a month of Dan sending me them and then sent, and then sent them back, I think. And then I didn't hear from him for ages. And then I can't remember at what point. He met Jamie and Ian, but he, he somehow met them both. I don't know still how they managed to meet or anything like that. All I know is that Jamie is a friend of um, my friend Kirk, who, yeah. Kurt, who uh, Dan is um, mates with as well. And then, and then Ian, I I didn't know him before. I recognised him a little bit, but I, I can't say I, I, I never come across him or heard of him before. Yeah, and then we just started practicing these songs, um, and it was sounding pretty good as a four piece. And then um, that kind of got introduced a little, a little bit later on, um, to where Ian was like, "Yeah, I think that I think it was his way to try and like get into the band anyway, because she was like one of his best friends and stuff." So like, um. He was like, yeah, I think I've got like, so so I think we should have like a girl guitarist. And I was like, okay, cool. And he was like, you know, <laughs> like I right, wasn't being okay. dismissive. I was just being like, it's a good idea. If he knows somebody, that's cool. And then he was like, no, I'm, I'm not, no, no. He was like, no, I'm serious. I was like, well, yeah, but can she shred? But like, <laughs> and, 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 and then like, he he sends over to a video to our group chat. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. basically, the only thing I see is like. Tony I own the guitar and her just <laughs> head down just like shredding. I was like, yeah, this is this, this is this this is the girl. This is what's up. Like <laughs> and then like met her, she's the fucking one of the coolest coolest people ever. Like yeah, she yeah. Can, like basically all of us like a beer, but then she's like the first person in practice to like bring them out and it's just like she, she's honestly like the best. Um and then like somehow we managed to like I, I can't even remember even how um, long we were until yeah, we yeah, yeah. got our first show under a belt. So, like, um, Joe Wag, who's a promoter in Newport, um, asked us to play with the chisel in, I think it was in March of 20... I can't remember if, it's, if it was... Yeah, it was 2022. So, um, it ended up being our yeah. first show. Um and then we've kind of not really looked back since, I guess. Like, we, like we've just put out like a two-track tape and stuff um, within the last like few months. So yeah, you kind of said like obviously like after like the first show, off to the races, and uh, so you've just like you dropped the two-track tape recently as well. But obviously, like I don't know, like since obviously 
you had that like first show to now, like things have been like pretty quick and progressing, even though like it's still kind of, I guess, going back to the bats about bat stuff. It's like you're kind of sticking quite local, but you've built up like a decent name with yourself within Bristol and, and the Southwest already. So I don't know, have, have you felt like things have been a bit different with Perp Walk in terms of like there's momentum with it and you're just kind of running with it sort of thing? To be fair, firstly, the this band's kind of like a lot different to anything I've done before. So like in terms of like, I guess with like all the other bands I've done, even like maybe like Fairview to an extent, maybe not like, it's been the only current of like, yeah, but um, it's still kind of like maybe hardcore adjacent, whereas this isn't really well. I I don't even I think it's still hardcore adjacent for to an extent. Like, there's probably like members of my band that disagree, maybe, maybe Ian, sorry Ian, uh, 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 but like at, at the same time, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, I, I guess, like, it's a hard one to answer because it's like, it's, it, I, I'm, to be honest, I'm just happy for that people dig it. Like, it's one of those things where, like, um, like there's a lot of yeah, yeah. people that I thought wouldn't like it that do. And I guess, and so for me, that's cool. And I, I just yeah. like the fact that people have been just really receptive to it. Um, the, um, like, at, at least one of the songs on the two mm. track, one of the songs, Dog Whistle, I wrote um, in that lockdown period as well. Uh, Successful Host is quite a new one, but um, Dog Whistle, I essentially wrote um, yeah. about, it was, it was the period of time in the... Um, when Black Lives Matter was being um, come to the forefront, and it, it was essentially, yeah, it, in a nutshell, it was kind of about two things. Like one, it was about the moment where I was like, all this, all this was going on, but then I see a news article pop up on my on my feed on Facebook where Eric Colston. Who, for people who don't know that maybe listen to this or aren't from Bristol, Eric Colston in his time was um, one of the most renowned British slave traders in the in UK, where Bristol was one of the main ports where um, slaves would be traded. Yeah. Um, and he he kind of used as well. It, it's kind of weird because his wealth came from a shitty place, but for some reason, like in Bristol, like, um, he put a lot of that money into a lot of the infrastructure, I guess not infrastructure to an extent, but, like, he put his money into, like, schools, into different different, different parts of uh, Bristol's um, yeah, yeah. infrastructure and society at that, at that time. So there's, like, <clears throat> and, again, if you've ever been to Bristol, there's, like, Streets that were named after him. Like we had, there was a concert hall that was named the Colson Hall, which is which is another Bristol beacon, uh, which got promptly renamed. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Lo- not long after, 
and um, there, there's like undercurrents still in Bristol of like the of that time period, and just like the past where um, he was kind of at the center of, of all that. So basically, it was in the like I see a thing pop up yeah. on Facebook, and it's basically how his statue was torn down and thrown into, into the river and it and it was the moment in my life where because i've shot on i yeah, kind yeah. of shot on bristol a lot in my life like to to to, to where like to just mo- mostly about <laughs> yeah feeling there was somewhere because everybody kind of in in bristol I, i've always felt kind of bigged it up just because they were from from there and thought it was the best best city in the world because they were, because they were, they were they were like most people are like a born born right yeah, 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 yeah. and um, it kind of like for, yeah. for, for me i watched a city like the only city i feel in the world that like a body reject like racism and hate and bigotry that just made me feel like really really proud to be from that city and at a point where, at a, at a point where, um, yeah, yeah, things at that point were like just quite bleak in terms of like the backdrop of of that time. Like it, it gave me quite a proud sense of belonging, and it kind of got my me feeling like how I um, how I wanted to to feel in terms of being from there. That was probably like the first aspect of that song at least like the second aspect is when the mm. backlash of that from r- racist and football hooligans who wanted to quote unquote defend their statues yeah, yeah. I just thought it was the most fucking pathetic thing I've ever seen in my life and and, 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 and like I just wanted to like I don't know essentially just write <laughs> yeah. a song about I don't know how I'd feel about murdering racist but also like <coughs> uh to, to a song which i feel sounds sounds a lot like the flex <laughs> to me I, I, like um and, and basically the all i can really yeah yeah give you in terms of like to sum up that song like the first line of it is i think it was also a thing of like um there, there, there's a quote that uh, this guy called Posse Mike who plays in a, plays in a band called Deal With It who are quite a well-known hardcore band but in London but he also used to front home a basket too I remember go watch mm. in London um, Deal With It and they were one off and he was like at the time where like there was an election going on before the Tories got back into power he was being just like old people will die old people will always die in terms of like like the people that were Victoria will, will die off and this won't be a thing anymore at one point. I, I kind of yeah, thought about yeah. what you said and kind of ran with that so the first line of the song is, is which is old will die, young will rise sticking the blade in between your eyes that was kind of like that was kind of what encompassed me to nice. kind of like write that song in terms of just saying like you can have these views now but you're not going to be 
you're not going to be around to to see him to see any, that even become a reality. Like there's people who are yeah, yeah. more clued up. I think than maybe especially because of that Black Lives Matter movement. But I think there's been a lot of a real shift in society in terms of people to better educate themselves on um, on just other people's feelings and surroundings. Really, I mean, it, it's at the moment I'm seeing that kind of shift away from mm. like maybe racism towards like maybe homophobia a bit in recent weeks and months but like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I was going to say it's definitely it, like yeah, it, transphobia well, and stuff it seems to be the I one guess, that's got like the spotlight at the moment for me it's more like isn't the it? non-binary thing like people just have a real lack of understanding about what non-binary is and how that affects people and that's really like that's probably at some point yeah. where I'm taking mechs at those people. But for, for now, I'm just, cause I've got like friends who are trans, I've got friends who are non-binary and all their feelings are valid. So it's like, like at the end of the day, I just want everybody yeah, like, yeah. to just be cool with each other. And from, 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 from like a selfish perspective, well, we get to that point. Yeah, yeah, of so course. But then, obviously, like in terms of like, I guess things that are coming up. Obviously, like you've got a few gigs that you've been announced for in in the run-ups, which are, are like really cool, fucking like bills again, like uh, punitive damage, like bib and things like that. And and yeah, like yeah. you said, because obviously, obviously you've got the two tracks that are out, but you've got a full EP recorded. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, we um, so what's kind of what's things. kind of like plans at the moment then for like the immediate future? Um, well, it's a bit. This is obviously going to come out like at some point later, but um, so like tomorrow um, we're being announced for um, fucked up and big cheese and Cardiff. Uh, that's probably oh, sick. and that and that's we're playing that on Saturday the eleventh of March, um, which is going to be our next show, and then after that we're doing well at the moment in terms of like EP wise we're not really uh, we're just kind of going what because um, we're we're kind of waiting for um, kind of a, a date to put that out at the moment um, it's been yeah, it's, yeah. Been, it's been a little slow but then it's Kind of not our band if if anything's not slow and stuff, but um, <laughs> it's uh it's just the nature of what, whatever it is. But um, in terms of shows, we've got like loads of them. So like um, which is really cool, and also and also places outside Bristol, which I'm really humbled about even being able to play. So yeah, um, so aside from like the fucked up show which I mentioned, which is going to be really awesome because fucked up and one of the a really big influence on from that Gallo Gallo Zero of the bands that kind of influenced me. Like yeah, yeah, they were yeah. a big influence on all my friends at that time. So I was really I'm really really humbled to be able to support that was a big cheese for like one of the best UK hardcore bands around at the moment. Yeah. Um so we've got that show we're playing in uh, the underground in Plymouth on the seventeenth, I believe, of March. And we're that's our first ever headline show. Uh that's, oh, sick. that's gonna be with it's us. It's a little bit of a Bristol takeover. So it's like us headlining uh, this band called Money, who I've only recently just listened to. 
I don't know if it's pronounced Mano yeah. or Mone because it's got like a two dots. Yeah, it's her. got the umlauts in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I'm sorry. Two <laughs> 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 um, But uh, it's with them, this new Bristol band called The Pinch, who are really cool. My friend uh, Isaac plays drums in that band as well as Rory. Yeah. He does. Um, he does like a ton of other bands as well. Um, yeah. Including this band called Gimmick, who uh, I'll get into on, onto a little bit later. Uh, and then this band called Screwball, who are from Plymouth, who are really cool too. Um, Dan, who plays and sings that band, play that show up. And it's a fundraiser for, um, I think it's like an animal rescue place in um, yeah, yeah. Plymouth. The name escapes me, I apologise. Um, and then after that, we're, as you say, we're, play, we're playing with Pewter Damage at the Crofters Rights in Bristol. Um on the 9th of April, and that's with Peter Damage, who are amazing. That their new their new record, uh, "This Is a Blackout," is probably one of my favourite hardcore punk releases of this year. Um, yeah. Volatile Deer, and there's one other. I think it's Screwball again. I'm hoping it's Screwball again. So I'm going. <laughs> going no, again. It's not. Uh, <laughs> um, and then in May we're doing uh, two shows back to back with um, with Bib, which is really cool from uh, the states in Newport at uh, Repent Fest at the Cab, and in London at uh, the New Crossing. And Gimmick are going to be on both the shows. Who are like a, a hardcore punk band from uh, Bristol, who are, in my opinion, one of the best Bristol bands around at the moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like um I've I've only seen the one time so far and they and they blew me away that time. So I'm looking yeah. forward to doing those two shows for them. Um and there's one more you know, I think the other stuff got kind of isn't announced yet, but we're doing um I can say as well that we're doing a run in June with uh one of my um actually can I say? Say that we're, we're all dates on people. Yeah. Um, so, so basically, um, <laughs> so, so basically, um, we're doing a our first UK run as well in um, in June at some point. Put all the dates and stuff nice. up, like that are being announced um, in uh, in due course. But that's gonna be cool. And cool. Um, we're doing that with one of our a band that we've become friends with who are from Cardiff, and I can't say who. But, nice. But, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Paul, before I do let you go, and thank you for putting up with all of my technical glitches today. No problem. Um, thank, thank, thank you for I, <laughs> But how I always end it is I like to ask my guests what their favourite um, song is, but with a bit of a twist. So what's your favourite Purple Walk song that you like to play live and why? Um, so we have a song which is um, likely to be the title track of our, um, of our forthcoming EP. Um, it's not coming out for a while yet though uh, which is called The Chain of Infection um, I essentially wrote that song about um, essentially lockdowns Boris Johnson and uh, basically credit companies who um, are to, who like to get people in debt even though that it's not the person's fault who applies for it so. yeah yeah um, it's basically been hoodwinked by. I think the concept around it is just basically corruption from the top down. Doesn't doesn't matter where, and my hatred of that. 
So perspective. Cool. Brilliant. Well, Paul, thank you very much for your time. Um, I'm sure I will see you in Bristol at some point very, very soon. Yeah, and I hope so. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing about more Purple stuff in the future. Cheers, man. Hopefully, hopefully you'll be out soon. Cool. You can listen to it soon. But yeah, thank you very much yeah, for having me on. It means, it means a lot. And um, your podcast is sick. We've had a lot of my friends on. So, um, it, it's, no, uh, no, no worries, buddy. Continue. All right. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Take it easy. Cheers, man. You too, man. Thank you. Bye. Bye. so there we have it folks again a massive thank you to paul for taking some time out of their evening to have a little chat with me and putting up for all the technical difficulties that i was having um as always you can keep up to date with what pet walk are doing on all their various social media platforms as paul mentioned they've got quite a few shows coming up in the near future so if you're in the Bristol area or the Southwest, make sure you check out one of those. Or if you're in London, make sure you go check them out when they go support Bib uh, later on in the summer. Um, that's it for another week. I don't have another guest scheduled for the moment just because everything's a bit scattered at the moment. I'm going to be completely honest, but I'm trying to get these out as, as and when I can. Hoping to get a few guests lined up in the next couple of weeks and try and get some some out in in the April time. Uh, but for now, as always, whether this is the first time you're listening to the Justin Insight podcast or the 234th time, your support is really, really, really appreciated. And I will see you very, very soon.